Welcome to Water and Air, the go-to legal podcast for senior legal professionals looking to take themselves and their teams to the next level by Parul Patel and powered by Fuel and Move. For more information on how Fuel and Move can help set up your legal team for a better version of success, click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to this episode of Water and Air with me, Parul Patel, your host. And today's topic is one that is fundamental to the success of any legal team or legal organization. It's retention and performance. The ability to attract and retain talent in a way that delivers return on investment and the ability to perform in a way that attracts and retains clients. But it would seem that the legal sector has been a little sluggish in adapting to the intensifying and changing needs and expectations of both clients and talent on which the sector is so critically dependent. It's been ripe for a reimagining for a long time, and I mean real reimagining, all the way through and in substance, not just for social media, websites, and wall art. And by the end of today's podcast, I hope to leave you with clarity about where your organization or department is currently situated, where you might want it to move to, and how you can get started. There is a whole array of guest speakers lined up for future podcasts who will be layering onto that. Like Ab mentioned in last week's podcast, the key is stacked learning and action, putting the learning into practice. So let's do that diagnostic. And today I'm going to be using some research and descriptions published by LinkedIn in January 2022, and a copy of the whole report can be found in the show notes below. So I'm going to read to you some descriptions of company culture, and what you've got to do is decide which one best describes the place where you work right now, or even your team. So let's go. The first description is, let's call it A. My department, firm or organization is organized into strict hierarchies reflected in workplace design. Workers are huddled up in bullpen style open floor plans, which in theory increases productivity and transparency. But then there are also elusive corner offices with big windows, but these are reserved only for bosses. And this offers a clear line of command and fixed structure. Let's call this management by hierarchy. So if that describes where you work, just keep that in mind. We're going to give you another three descriptions to track where you're at. So B, as companies look to optimize their cost base, workers find themselves vulnerable to downsizing and redundancies. Employees no longer feel a sense of job security or company loyalty. And the managerial and leadership narrative of this type of culture is one which says, People should be grateful that they have a job. Why do they need any team or employee engagement activities? You're here to work, so just get on with it. Let's call this management by numbers. So if that describes where you're at right now, just keep that in mind. The third one, C, employees work on-site, but the on-site experience has been created to make work fun. Employers offer a multitude of generous perks from free food to nap pods, open floor plans designed to encourage collaboration and eliminate hierarchy, 
But while the aim is to make the office fun, many of the workforce report working longer hours. Let's call this management by perks. So A is management by hierarchy, B is management by numbers, C management by perks. And the last one, D, there is a palpable focus on the well-being and personal satisfaction of employees. Companies have policies and practices to ensure that employees feel cared about as human beings, not just as workers. They make flexible work arrangements, permanent features. They invest in wellness programs and are boosting their diversity inclusion efforts. Employers and employees are building a new, more dynamic relationship based on trust, empathy and compassion. This may prove to be challenging for those whose primary need is for safety and certainty of structure, policies and processes, or indeed where people are not comfortable trusting or don't know how to operate in the dynamism and flexibility of an environment trying to rebuild trust. So we'll call that management by compassion. So which describes the organisation where you work? Which type of organisational culture would you like to be working in? What would be your preference? And what do you think your workforce would say if asked the same two questions? You know, which describes the current status and what would they prefer? That's just for you to keep a mental note of to understand where you are right now and where you might want to be. So one of the questions that was running in my head is, well, which is the best one? Or is there a best one? And I think that's the point for contention. In the LinkedIn report, that was an EMEA-based report, we'd be led to believe that the last one, D, the management by compassion, is what's required now, is what's best for the generation that we're living in now. But let me just put that into context. The report is a multi-sector report based on what people are writing about and engaging with on the LinkedIn platform. And that's a really broad spectrum of data. And it's great for highlighting general trends that we might otherwise be oblivious to in our day-to-day environments. And I think that's exactly where the challenge is. Your organization's culture and even your team's culture needs to resonate with your people, people you want to attract as talent, investors and clients. And that's not going to align with an aggregated data group description. For anyone whose journey has included working for different organizations and teams, maybe you're able to reflect and recall different cultures that you have already worked in which fits you best to bring out the best in you. For me, Nike of the 2000s of that decade offered me a culture of maverick creativity and irreverence for convention and clear structure for who I was in my 20s and early 30s. Since then, both Nike and I have evolved and I've experienced more and learned what I didn't know then. And that's the thing. We're always changing, evolving, transitioning, and maybe even transforming. And with that going on all the time, you can rest assured that the big data best practices may not always be the right thing for you. In fact, it may never be the right thing for you. So let me challenge you. Just as the late monk Thich Nhat Hanh presented to Google in 2013, he said to the audience of Google workforce and executives, we have the feeling that we are overwhelmed by information. We don't need that much information. And reflecting on that, instead, take a moment to pause, to be present with who you are and who your organization is. 
and enable yourself to resist the temptation to follow how someone else is interpreting aggregated data and what you should do. And instead, consider the possibility that perhaps your team or your organizational culture is most likely different and needs something different to what works for an aggregated and average version of others. So start with who you are and creating a culture that is authentic to you collectively, that fits your vision, values, and who you want to attract. And in doing so, the challenge is often breaking free from the comfort-driven desire to work with and attract like-minded people. People who think like us, look like us, behave like us. And then using that as a decoy for the unfortunate exclusionary behaviours that hide behind, oh, well, that person wasn't really the right fit for us. And that might feel true if the right fit feels like comfort, but then also recognize that that's probably exactly the person you need to break the conditioned thinking and behaviors and to unlock the power of diverse and inclusive culture and behavior. If you're in a team environment, which is very much filled with like-minded people, I'd like you to reflect on this. It can be a very, very lonely place, an isolating place for excellent, competent lawyers who may be exactly what you need to break through the comfort zone, to break through the conditioned behaviours of like-mindedness, but who are simply wired atypically compared with the dominant profile of lawyers with whom you work. Just take a moment to think how you can actually bring them into the fold, bring them into the fold. Just take a moment to think what you can shift to create that culture which is more inclusive. And it's not just for a social purpose, but actually for the improved performance impacts that you can have when you've got that diversity and inclusivity. I hope that's given you some food for thought. And this has been quite a heavy topic, but even the heaviest and most complex of topics can be stripped back to a handful of ordinary fundamental reflections that if we take the time to address, will deliver extraordinary outcomes. So what are these ordinary reflections today to help you develop the culture that will work for you and help you bring out the best in you and those around you and set your organization up for lasting success? I've just got three things for you today. One, listen, 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 listen. This is a reminder of the content from the podcast on how to rock your management role. It's listen to your people not just the big data reports. Listen for the information that's being given to you, the understanding that's being shared with you behind the words so that you can get a deeper understanding of who your people are and what they need, as well as what you and your firm or team need. The real understanding comes from hearing what's behind the words and understanding the nuances of your people and those you want to attract. Two, Give yourself regular time and space to develop clarity about who you are and what you want, individually and as a unit, as a collective. Without it, it's all way too easy to drift into trying to do something or be someone else or like some other organization or team and just get lost. You're trying to replicate someone else's culture, replicate someone else's USP, and you miss out on what's really great, 
your uniqueness. And that brings us to the third point and the final point. Be brave to seize the opportunity to create something that works for you. No one fits the version that average portrays. And just because a tactic worked at another organization doesn't mean that it's right for you now. So be brave to be you as an individual, a team and an organization and draw in the people you want and set them up to thrive. And that's it. That's it for today. Short, sharp, to the point, but plenty there to to reflect on. If you've got any other topics that you'd like us to explore and dig into, just let us know and we'll find the experts and help them break it down into ordinary actionables that you can apply to deliver extraordinary outcomes wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Again, if you've enjoyed this, give us a little comment, a share, a like, subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. Thank you for being part of the Water and Air community. Make sure you never miss an episode release by subscribing and reviewing the podcast below. Also, leave your questions in the comments box and we'll try to answer them in future episodes. For the latest on performance optimization for lawyers, you can visit fuelandmove.com. We are so looking forward to you joining us next time.